trying to get her to let me take one of the cats kayaking. I'm not sure about that one, though. So. That sounds like a lot of claws on my legs. <laughs> Not only are we sitting in a coffee shop in Davenport on River Drive, one of the busiest roads in the Quad Cities, but we're across the street from a, <laughs> a gravel pit that has j large trucks coming in and out of it. Uh, and here comes another one, but whatever, we'll work through it. Do you, uh, do you feel the need to read their tagline? Espresso Cafe. Oh, back that ass up, drive through is open. There you go. Yeah. Testing one, two, three on my mic. Hey, everybody, Todd from the Talking Pictures Podcast, and welcome to the lost episode with Andy Abeda. Andy has been in Cedar Rapids for eight months or more since we recorded this episode on his last day of living in the Quad Cities. Um, we went to a coffee shop on River Drive. We, uh, we, the challenge of recording there was we were outside across the street from a gravel pit in Davenport, but I think it turned out really nice. It was a really good conversation with Andy. We miss Andy. He was a fantastic photographer for us, and uh, he's now a fantastic photographer for the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Yeah, this episode has been languishing through COVID and uh, through my job change. I'm now the uh, marketing director and communications director for the for the Quad City Times and the Dispatch Argus, so that job has taken a lot of bit, a lot of my time, and uh, I just haven't had the time to sit down and record this. I'm hoping with now with uh, Streamyard. I don't know if people know about that, but it's a direct. Uh, it's sort of like Zoom, but it goes. We can take it straight to a platform, multiple platforms. So I'm hoping to do some video podcasts with people via YouTube or our Facebook page, and then transfer the audio into uh, the traditional podcast form. So that's an exciting thing we're going to we're going to try in the future. Again, I apologize for the long intro, not to mention the long time in between podcasts. I'm glad you're back. Uh, I'm glad I finally got this podcast edited and up. So let it start. Here's uh, my conversation with Andy Abeda. Everybody, this is this is the first outdoor podcast or recording of the Talking Pictures podcast. And today our guest, on the last possible moment we can get him before he leaves town to go to his new job, is the uh, the incomparable Andy Abeda. Andy Abeda, how are you? Doing pretty good. Uh, it, this is a great break from packing for me. Uh, you, you learn how much camera gear you have and how many USB cords and uh, <laughs> back lens caps and all that stuff. You, I always find that I have more lens caps than back lens caps because it's 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 somehow the back lens caps, which are actually way more important, to kind of disappear <laughs> exactly. over time. Yeah. So you're you you've been here. Let's start at the beginning. Andy Abeda came to the Midwest from Oregon in what year? In uh, that would be August of 2015 for me, and uh, that was for an internship at the Gazette. Um, uh, lured by the Iowa caucus. So I left Oregon thinking I'd come to Iowa for, oh, six months tops for the caucus. And I, I've been in the Midwest now a little over four years. 
And then you went from Cedar Rapids, you went to the Peoria Journal Star. Right. I was there for almost five, almost six months, and, and then, then got the offer at the Quad City Times. And so you've been here for, it's officially, what was it, three years? Three years and uh, a couple months. So you don't have it to the day, though, and to the second? Oh, I haven't counted it. Uh, <laughs> nope, I didn't. The um, So you... Uh, what did you what so the Iowa caucuses what is it about the Iowa caucuses that attracted you so much well for me uh, growing up in Oregon the it, it's always decided by the time it got to us you know when you're on the west coast you don't see a lot of candidates every now and then they'd come to Portland um, but you're certainly not covering you know the the University of Iowa students here are covering candidates almost every weekend if they want to um, I would have never had that opportunity I mean I I think Bernie went to Eugene and a bunch of my the kids in the class below me got to see him a couple of them got to see him because no one could get in um, but that was insanely rare so we never got to see that so it's kind of this lure it's this I mean everyone kind of knows that it's the circus as well but to us it was just you don't get that on the west coast so I thought it'd be different it'd be interesting um, and why not it's just six months I thought and and, and right so you went, so in Cedar Rapids, you were hired by, who hired you? Uh, I, I worked under Liz Martin as the senior photojournalist, but okay. Cliff Jetty was the one, uh, he was in charge of the hiring process for the interns. And Cliff has left. And Cliff has left. And, and he's taking his curmudgeon act on the road to go someplace else. Everybody who knows Cliff will know what we mean. He is the, are you going to take over the role as the curmudgeon for the Cedar Rapids Gazette? <laughs> or is I, Jim going to take on that role? You'll, you'll have to ask everyone else. I've told, uh, Liz, Liz and I have talked about the fact that I will be balancing out the Subaru Act. So when I interned there, I drove a Subaru, Cliff drove a Subaru, Liz drove a Subaru, and Jim had one at the time too. Um, that's thinned out a bit and changed, so now I'm coming on staff for photographers. It's going to be a 50-50, Liz and I, and then I think it's a Toyota and a Honda. So that that's the role I'm filling as far as I know. But you've got them beat. So you and Liz have them beat in Subarus, and as a Subaru Outback driver, <laughs> I approve of this matchup. This is a great, that's a great car. It's, it's the best photo journalist car there is i think i'm happy i mean yeah i mean if if i'm gonna get sent around during polar vortexes i'll I'll have all-wheel drive sure why not yeah there you go so tell me a little about peoria because you were working with some real characters down there you you're working with fred and ron and uh dave zelaznik who's an who's an iowa grad also as i am so tell me a little about and and, and the raccoon story i i became aware oh, yeah i became aware of andy abeda and his sense of humor when on twitter he posted a picture of the journal stars raccoon in the garbage can out <laughs> front which is i just to this day, I wish the Dispatch or the Quad City Times or some paper that I work for would have their own raccoon. I we, just... we could use a raccoon. Uh, actually, that was that started a few interns ahead of me, and I can't think of who started it. But someone there was like a JS Raccoon Twitter handle too. I think that raccoon had. Or I mean, we like to think of it as the same raccoon. I'm sure it was a different one. Uh, the Journal Star Raccoon, though, had apparently followed an intern into the company car. They had a photo <laughs> car, and she looked down, and the raccoon had crawled in the footwell by her feet, and she just, I think, froze, took a picture, and then screamed, and was like, wait, what's going on? Uh, but yeah, there were there were a handful of raccoons that would just live in the trash can, 
So you're getting off your assignment, especially as the intern, you're working, trying to go the extra mile. So you get off at 10.30 or whatever, but you're staying until 11 or 11.30, trying to get that extra gallery stuff. And you're tired. You haven't slept. You're not eating right. You're, you know, at least me anyway. Uh, you're walking out quietly, looking at your phone or whatever, and then you just see this thing right next to you as you're walking by the trash can on the way to your car. <laughs> Terrified me every time. I grew up around raccoons. They, they exist on the West Coast, but they just out of a trash can staring at you when you walk by not what i'm used to it's <laughs> a great story so that yeah and then the characters there beyond the raccoons uh, oh that's right we got back to uh, ron yeah. and, and fred and i got distracted by the raccoon well, david i didn't get to know very quickly but then he's just like the silent we'll just crack you up with a joke every now and then and then it'll just blow you he'll just pluck away at his work you won't hear from him at least as the intern i wouldn't one way or the other and then every now and then he'd just like proverbially smack down this giant awesome feature photo out of nowhere that like blows your mind and you didn't hear him brag about it or anything you're like what the hell um and then ron you can say a lot about ron especially because he would frustrate me by getting a sports photo at least once a week that to me at the time was like that would be the first photo in my portfolio and he just got it casually in the middle of the week and he didn't break a sweat doing it and he still, I, I've gotten better, but I still say that he regularly shoots stuff that I'm like, ah, oh, damn, I'd put that way up in my portfolio. Uh, and if you can ever get him to, get him to do his old man impression. I, I won't do it justice by even trying, but if you can get him to stand up and do the old man with the walker imperson- impersonation, it, that's the best part. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen that. Yeah. I, I, The thing about Ron that will always uh, frustrate me is everything, you know, like you're cruising along in central media, central region points. You're like, yeah, I'm like, oh. I'm, I'm doing, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in first place. I'm, I'm not in first. Ron, damn you. You know, it's like you have like a bad month and then Ron will have eight clip winners and you're like, uh, yeah. Oh, well, I'm done for the year. <laughs> I'm already too far behind. You know, you're thinking, July, I'm there. I'm going to make it to the end. And then you get, you know, you have a bad uh, September and October, and you're like, no, basketball is going to get me back. Oh, no, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Ron's put me back in my place. And as you, I'm sure, know about Ron, he makes a great beer tour buddy if you ever. Uh, no, I didn't ever go on any beer tour road trips or anything, but right. he stopped through town uh, once or twice to see me because he takes himself on a beer tour with his vacation time sometimes. So he'll just go for a drive and go check out breweries. Well, that's, he's a a man after, he's a master of, (laughs) uh, he's a man after my own heart. That's, I'm luckily enough to be married to a woman who is willing to be my designated driver for such trips. That's key. She's, she's (laughs) not, she's, she's, she's a, uh, not a beer drinker, but she seems to love me, which is, is good. And so that uh, she'll take me places and go, hey, did you want to go get a flight at uh, five cities? And so off we go to five cities. And There you go. Anyway, that was last Saturday. Oh, I skipped Fred. Circling back. Oh, that was circle back quick, to Fred. We got quick. distracted by beer and raccoons. <laughs> um, circling back to Fred, he would always frustrate me to no end because you think he's just plucking along. Uh, at the time, he was the, uh, I guess, the assignment editor, I think was his title. So, he, you know, delegating. And then he would just out of nowhere have this beautiful, he shot it in one or two days or one and a half days, uh, quick eight photo, five photo, six photo, photo story that you didn't even know he was working on. And you're the intern going, ah, show me. <laughs> he, he did teach me a lot. I'm not ragging on him. But he he just makes it look easy, too. So all those guys were 
were and are in their new jobs yes. or new roles incredibly talented. Yes, I think it's just Dave and is Matt. Who's who else is Matt? Who I else? I believe is he's. I think he's part time. Part time like, photo. Full time staff, but part time right. shooting. Part time. Uh, I think editing. Right. A web of some sort. Web something. editor. Yeah. Well, Matt, if you listen to the podcast, send me an email yeah. and tell me what your job Correct is. Correct us. We don't know. <laughs> Direct message us, please. <laughs> so then you you come from Peoria and you are hired by the Quad City Times. Yeah. And what? How is your three years gone here? How? how where? I, and for me personally, I've told you this the other day when you were leaving, or when I was leaving on Friday, was that the progression of your work has been remarkable, especially when it comes to lighting and and portraiture. I mean, the other stuff is a natural progression of experience and getting better with each and every assignment. Uh, your clip winners are coming regularly every month. Um, but tell me about like where you thought you started at the Quad City Times and where you're you're taking that to the to the next level. Yeah, uh, well, I'll get to that. But I first, since that popped in my head, uh, I want to tell you the dirty trick. Not really the trick of how I was brought on, though. I believe my start date was supposed to be early August. You know, August fifth or something like. That. I don't remember what day of the week or anything. And then I got an email, and I don't even remember if it was from the executive editor at the time or if it was from Kevin or who. Uh, hey, we'd like you to start two weeks early if you could. You know, we've got this this race that runs in town, and we really use an extra body to staff it. And I'm thinking, okay, they, they sponsor like a 5K or something, and they just want to cover the heck out of it. Sure, I, you know, I I had some time between. I, I can make that work. And I, I think I had to leave the Journal Star earlier as a result, but yeah, whatever. Um, it, it turns out that's the Bix, of right. course, as anyone living here would have realized. Right. Which I don't know. What are the numbers on the race? Is it? I think like, like fourteen thousand. Yeah, people fourteen to fifteen thousand people running up a hill. A seven-mile race. Yeah. Uh, so not some little five k. Uh, so my first day of work was the day before Bix, which is when the kids are running the junior Bix and all the other festivities are going on, and um, I show up. Hey, you can't park in the parking lot, by the way. Uh, you have to park in this grassy lot up the hill and walk down to the building with your gear. Uh, I'll meet you at the front door. Okay. And, and then I get there, and I'm trying to make a good impression. I'm in, like, a, you know, a nice shirt tucked in and everything, and everyone's in their Bix T-shirts because it's tradition. You wear your Bix T-shirt right. the day before. So I'm just walking around like, what the heck? And uh, Jeff and Johnny go to shoot Junior Bix after – I mean, I'm skipping ahead – after a little while. And Kevin's like, well, we don't really need to shoot anything. I just want you to look around. So he takes me. This is the, my first few hours of work. Takes me up on the roof and says, well, see, that's, you know, the parking lot becomes this big party. Uh, Third Street becomes one race and Fourth Street's another race. So we're just walking around the roof looking at it. And I'm just shooting photos from the roof. And it was the strangest first day I think you could have. So that that's how I started. That's literally how I started. That's a good start story. Uh, but uh, to answer what you were asking, uh, I got here, I think, with a pretty good understanding of how to turn uh, what I kind of refer to as, like, in my head anyway, like a stock news photo. Like, this literally tells you what happened at the event. This is a literal interpretation of this event thing that happened. Nothing wrong with it. A little bit boring. But it's, hey, it's sharp. It's exposed right. I got a cut line. What else do you want? I think that's what I landed with when I got here with the occasional a little more artsy or the occasional peak action sports photo, but it was a lot of that. And so I think 
it, 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 this sounds bad, but I mean it in a great way. I think what I did best here was got a little bit bored, you know, getting bored of that average photo and going, oh, how do I push this? So I think that's what my difference in work has been. Um, and I know the negative connotation there, but I don't mean that. Right. You just, you know, you realize you've hit a plateau or something and you push yourself a little more. And I think I did that a couple times here, but I just pushed and pushed and pushed and uh, and then eventually got really mad seeing how well you guys were doing pace setters and realizing I had no idea how to do that. <laughs> um, and I'd kind of done a couple pace setter-ish things for the looking things for the Journal Star, but like most of them were on accident. <laughs> right. Well, so, my light was in the right spot. Yeah, like, oh, oh that looked kind of good. I don't know why, but let's keep that there and keep going. I once made a kid, uh, I wish I could remember his name, uh, Peoria kid. I want to say it was Peoria Notre Dame, but I could be remembering wrong. I once made this kid dunk like 25 times to get the shot I wanted. Luckily, he was a stud and could do it and like wasn't even out of breath, but I was like, I mean, if you're done, like, you can tell me. And he's... <laughs> He was sweating a little bit, but he was fine. <laughs> but I got the photo, and there it was in go. my portfolio for a long time. So there hey. you go. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. That that comment means a lot to me. I, I I think that the the triangle of the the young photographers that when the the when the dispatch was purchased by Lee Enterprises, then it the, the eventually the photo staffs became combined, as everybody knows the story that listens to the podcast, and so then. The, instead of being competitors, the photo staff became one, the triad of, of Meg McLaughlin and Jessica Gallagher and Andy Abeda really became a formidable team of, of pushing each other. Is that, am I observing that correctly? Oh, yeah. Um, we would, I think, I don't think we ever boarded on, like, problematic competition, but we would definitely push each other. Um, I mean, in my personal opinion like Jess kills it with documentary work um meg kills the portraits like beats jess and i both and it i fall somewhere in there i suppose i i think i think i do a pretty good job of sports and no stuff you do like really that. do but, uh I, I mean we're all good at all you know but we push each other especially in those directions if it's if i'm doing a portrait i'm texting meg like what the hell do i do what do i want to do and if I'm thinking about a photo story, I'm texting Jess about it and kind of vice versa. We kind of bounce off each other quite a bit. So that's been another huge thing in, in my progression here. And I, and I hope they would say the same. Oh, I, I think that they would. I, I, I just think it's, it's great that that, that kind of uh, internal friendly competition is important. And I've said on the podcast before that I thought, you know, one of the reasons why and that when we were looking to hire Jess was one of the reasons why we hired her was because I thought that her skill set was different than what we already had. And so that she would then bring that and then we would help her with her sports and, and everybody would grow for having known and worked with her. And I, and I think that's what she's done. She's been really strong in that. And I mean, we can say that, but then judges have also said it in the, in the contest that she's won. So right. um, I, I think that the, um, yeah, I, I think that that competition, uh, friendly competition is important. And it's actually, and I've mentioned it on the podcast before, the new role that I sit in is, is so different that the, the camaraderie, which is photo, is different than reporters. Because you're sure. in that little, you're in that little room, especially now while we're remodeling the newsroom, <laughs> and the photographers are all in a closet together. If they're all there together, they all have to stand and edit, and so that kind of camaraderie and and helpful 
you know, I, I, I miss, that's the biggest thing I miss about, I don't necessarily miss shooting every day, but I miss the camaraderie of the photo department sure. that way. I think that that was, that was what made coming to work special every day. But anyway, enough about me. So what, do, what attracts you to Cedar Rapids? It's just to shake things up. I've thought for a while that I just got too comfortable. Um, and I love the Quad City, so it's nothing like that. It's just you get to a point where you get kind of complacent and you almost get, if you're not careful, you can get a little lazy. Um, so that, you know, clicked in for me and has for a little while. And I'm excited. They, they do a pretty big range as far as... Uh, caucus coverage i remember once liz uh because i I, when i was the intern there liz sent me i want to say about two two and a half hours out of town because she had heard that ted cruz was speaking at a gas station and i believe it was a casey's which is even better um well because you could eat the pizza while you're there (laughs) okay right i had plenty of casey's pizza right um but basically like it wasn't gonna run in the paper there wasn't a story there was no reporter but liz was like hey that sounds like a cool photo. Go get Ted Cruz speaking at a gas station. And, and I did. And I think it was in my portfolio for a long time. And now I'd probably look back at it and go, uh, I shot it all wrong. But that kind of will go far out of town for something like that. That's a good, cool visual. And uh, it's going to be fun to work with designers again in-house. There'll be, I guess they're the desk pod over. So some of that will be fun to work with again. Yeah, the the idea that the way newspapers are designed now is a little it's it you you get disconnected from the way things are sure. being designed and so uh having that i mean because they're independently owned right so yeah so paper comes out every day that and a lot more hawkeye sports well there you go i know appeals to you <laughs> yeah well yeah I, I i like to get my I, my a hawkeye football game and every once in a while i'll sign myself to go like last year i went to champagne of all places i remember that do you have one planned this year no, I don't know. It all de- it all depends on how the family thing goes. But I, I, I if I can get a, if my wife ends up going to to a game with someone else, I'm not going to go on the road. Sure, I won't go on the road. But if maybe I'll I'll shoot the Illinois game and and um, who knows? But uh, I do. It's 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 you know it's like a welcome back for me because I, I like Adam Wesley for example. I never met him. I'd seen his work and liked his work, but I never met him until we were standing on the sidelines. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, you know, and then we became friends and I follow his dog. If anybody, if everybody needs a dog to follow, follow his dog <laughs> Gromit on Instagram. Yep. yep. Because this dog is the cutest yellow lab. It's actually kind of white. It's got cool blue eyes. It is the most adorable dog in the world. And uh, and Adam uh, does a great job with the Instagram posts and the and the captioning and everything. <laughs> and I just, you know, when you're doing an Instagram like I do for my old dog, you kind of run out of funny things for the old dog to do. But puppies are just an unlimited oh, yeah. source of cuteness. You never run out with a puppy. No. I, I don't even have a dog, but yeah, you don't run out. There's no way. So now you're you're moving you're you're moving to Cedar Rapids. You're renting a house. Is there a dog in your future with an Instagram account? Uh, not in the near future. Uh, my girlfriend's got two cats. Uh, one of which is part alien, so he keeps it pretty interesting. He's just weird. I know that sounds. He's just a weird cat. So I'm sure that's there's saying some something of that. for cats. Yeah, he's the he's the cat that I wake up and he's on my chest, like chin to chin, staring at me, um, but would never hurt you like the sweetest he'll just lick you which he licks you like a dog he's just strange 
Um, but there's probably some cat posts coming, but no dog as of yet. No dog as of yet. You gotta have a dog because then <laughs> you can walk in the. See, the thing about dogs is people instantly like. I mean, you can't take a talk a cat on a walk. So dogs, and having had cats for years, but you you can't. I'm gonna wait for that truck to go by. Um, yeah, we're not only are we. St- not only are we sitting in a coffee shop in Davenport on River Drive, one of the busiest roads in the Quad Cities, but we're across the street from a, <laughs> a gravel pit uh, that has j- large trucks coming in and out of it. So, uh, and here comes another one, but whatever, we'll work through it. Yeah, It, it might have not been the best pick, but it was close. It was between my place and work, and yeah, there's coffee, so I think... Yeah, we made it all right. Listeners, if you can just... Get through that. Yeah, bear with us. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but cats, you can't take them for a walk. I guess one of her cats used to go on walks with her all the time. She used to live in the Claire, and they had a big yard where she was staying, and put them on a leash and take them for a walk. Wow. So, And we got a giant backyard, so hopefully there's some test walks in our future. Maybe uh, I'll have a cat going on a walk. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to get like a million hits. You get a cat on a walk, you're going to do a thousand, you're going to do a million hits. I'm trying to get her to let me take one of the cats kayaking. I'm not sure about that one, though. So. That sounds like a lot of claws on my legs. <laughs> I took a cat once to Dairy Queen, and okay. it didn't go well. <laughs> my wife jokingly said, hey, why don't you take the cat to Dairy Queen with you? And I'm like, okay. And she... She, to this day, goes, I don't know why you did it. And, and I thought, well, I'm a good husband. You suggested taking the cat to Dairy Queen. So I went along with the joke. And the cat just clawed my arms. And the people, at the, you know, you pull up to the drive-thru, and they look at you like, why do you have a cat in the, in the car with you? <laughs> what happened you? to you? Why are you here? <laughs> are you homeless? Why is a cat living in the car with you? Where's the litter box? That's a lot of cat for a Volkswagen rabbit. But anyway. <laughs> So what, what, what goals do you have moving forward? What kind of stories you want to work in besides the, uh, besides the caucuses to swing back to photography from cats? Yeah, yeah. It's a good goal to have to talk about photography a little bit. Um. <laughs> we did the last podcast I did with, with uh, Tim Himes. We talked mostly about beer for an hour. I, I haven't listened to that one yet, but I saw that and I was like, I'm going to save that for when I want to know a lot about beer yeah. because I assume. But yeah, that, yeah. he's he is. I, I felt he does a great job. I, yeah, I thought I knew a lot about beer, and then I talked to Tim for an hour, and then I was like, I don't know anything about beer. <laughs> um, as far as things I have planned, basically nothing. <laughs> I've my my loose. I just want to move, man. Something. I just want to get moved. <laughs> my my loose reach for something is I've lived in the Midwest for four years, and I've never shot planting or harvest. Um, it's the weirdest thing to me because everyone around here is like, oh, yeah, farming happens all the time. We're used to it. It's not as interesting. And to me, like, yeah, you have agriculture on the West Coast. Don't get me wrong, but not nearly as much of it and not as close to home as I was. So I've been dying to do a story on a farm like like the story that Jessica just, well, not just wrapped up, but did a, a few right. months back. I need to just dig in and do it now. <laughs> well, here what you need to do is you need to do detasseling. Their detasseling is 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 the worst job in farming. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. and it's always high school and college yeah. kids, <laughs> and and some farming community always loses one kid in the farm every year. Like they disappear, <laughs> never to be heard from again. It's like children well, of the corn. Yeah, um, yeah no, detasseling. But yeah, no. The, and I was the same way. I came from Chicago, and my one of my first, or I think. 
one of my big projects when I was a student was we descended on the town of Clarence Loudon or Clarence Loudon School District. And it's a little itty bitty town would be south of north of here. I'm now in a barn with my story was about the quarterback of the football varsity football team and how he balanced being the quarterback and working on his dad's farm and going to school. Sure, so that yeah. was the photo story. And I think back on it and, and, and what I know now about storytelling I looked, I found the box with the prints in it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> what were you thinking? There's yeah. like, you missed this picture and this picture and this picture, but that's all part of the growth. But I w- the one shot I will never forget was his dad goes, hey, do you want to come over tonight? We're going to be um, castrating piglets. Oh, there you go. So the squeal that's of the piglet, squeal. that's a bad squeal, but they do it with a razor blade. Cool. And they do it so quick that you almost don't see it. I mean, it's like, you know, and piglet back in the thing and then scoop up another Ooh. piglet. So that squeal, I forever have the piglet squeal in my head as a reminder of how my transition from being a Chicago suburb guy to having lived here in the Quad Cities for the last 30 <laughs> years and understanding farming and whatever. But I, that was Piglet castration is a long way from the suburbs of Chicago. <laughs> the Talking Pictures podcast: uh, Coffee, cats, and castration. That's there you right. Go. That's right. Hey, well, I, now I have to pay you for that. The, for that whole tagline. Um, if you could work castration into a podcast, you're good to go. That that's a well-rounded, or maybe horribly rounded. I'm not sure which podcast. <laughs> that's right. Yes, exactly. Uh, we'll be listed under horror. Humor and photography, <laughs> a triple threat on iTunes, a five-star podcast yeah, about castration. Yeah. So, Oregon, what do you miss about Oregon besides everything? <laughs> I, I really, what the most is evergreen trees and topography, the hills, mountains. I mean, it's still funny to me if I go or if I you know hear of a friend from around here going on a road trip to... Missouri and they see a hill and they take a picture of it and put it on their Instagram story. Like, look at those mountains. I'm like, that's a hill. That's a tiny hill. <laughs> like, I, I still get defensive about that. No, I, I miss I miss that. Um, so yeah. going to Dubuque where they have a mountain, and I'm using air quotes as we sit on this <laughs> porch, isn't enough of a mountain for you? The, the My first trip to Dubuque when I moved here was very refreshing and impressive because that there's there's a lot of hills around there by right. local that, standards. Man, that that <laughs> drop off coming into downtown Dubuque. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's I, I'd like to ski that sometime. That'd be fun. Oh yeah. Well you're a snowboarder, aren't you? Yes. Ya? Uh, you gotta miss the real hills or real mountains for snowboarding. I was the kid that like every weekend I had a season pass every year. I was up on Mount Hood every weekend, occasionally skipping class for it. I remember, you know, the the that phone call home. Yeah. Mom gets the call, texts, how's the mountain? It's great, Mom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I miss that a lot, too. I, but that being said, I was, uh, last winter, I taught lessons out at Snowstar here. Tiny little ski hill. Yeah. Just hilariously small, but a lot of fun. So, like, yeah. that was a pretty good fix for me. So, I'll miss that moving to Cedar Rapids, too, being further away. Yeah. I love teaching skiing. That, yeah. that, that is, and I had a kid once say to me that he, we were, we were, it was a beginner class and I, and we were teaching him to get up. So I had everybody fall down yeah. and you're dealing with snotty suburban children oh, yeah. in Wisconsin. You have, you have taken them on a school bus to Wisconsin 
and now you're teaching them how you've strapped them all to their skis and then now you tell them all to lay down in the snow and you know you teach them how to get up properly and this one kid turns to me and goes you're supposed to help me up and i'm like no i'm supposed to teach you how to get up <laughs> my parents are paying you to, to help me up i said your parents are teaching or paying me to teach you how to get up and you can stay there and we'll all move on and learn the basics of skiing while you stay in the snow. Oh, yeah. He got up. It's Snotty little teach, bastard. I assume it's the same with skiing. You get your breakup of some kids that just really want to learn the sport and then some that mom and dad just really needed a babysitter and they just threw the kid at you. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and it's yep. you know, it can be a wild ride. Yeah, <laughs> we we used to in the old days back in the late seventies when you can abuse children without going to jail. If a kid misbehaved on the bus, so we would we would meet the kids would all meet at a at a local train station. Oh, and you the were bus, stuck on the bus with them then. Yeah, oh. yeah. So you had to be uh, as it you had two instructors per bus. So you had the bus driver and two instructors yeah. to manage an entire <laughs> bus of of really enthusiastic or obnoxious children oh, yeah. to from from Wilmette, Illinois to Wilmot Mountain or someplace like sure. Little Switzerland or okay. someplace. And so you would get them and they some of them would just be little assholes. And so <laughs> if you'd had enough of them, you'd sit them in the it sit them so that they had to sit in the well, the do, stair stairwell, so they had to sit at the top step. Okay. And you you can't do that now. That's child abuse. <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's not safe and it wasn't safe in 1978. <laughs> but we did it anyway and they usually after about a minute of sitting there where everybody had tromped the snow up into the thing. Yeah. Then they were like, can I go back to my seat now? Yeah. <laughs> then you're going to shut up. So yes. my so. favorite were the lessons where especially like two brothers or two sisters or brothers, whatever the younger kid would always be better. And the older kid would always be the shy. Didn't want to be there, but now the little one's doing better. So now they're pissed off. That would that would always be the dynamic. And then if you're extra lucky, there's a grandpa that brought them that's like, oh, just point them right right way down the hill and push them. I don't care. And you're like, ah, I kind of want to, but. <laughs> <laughs> Those trees there in the middle will kill them. Um, yeah. The uh, Now, in Oregon, now, the last time I skied Mount Hood, it was an ice field. I mean, I, I skied in the summer. On the, oh, up on Palmer, probably. Yeah, and yeah. so I skied in Icefield. And you think, oh, it's summer. I could ski in shorts. Ice <laughs> is sharp, man. Oh, yeah. That'll cut you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never actually been up there in the summer. I've been up on the glacier plenty of times in the winter, but or late spring even. But, but yeah, you're, you're still up there in the cold, and it's still ice. <laughs> yeah. You fall down. It's it it uh, it makes an impression on your skin. Yeah. So, so the uh, so Oregon uh, typography. Well, let's talk about the flood. Oh yeah, yeah, there was we, a flood we, here. Yeah, we completely <laughs> overlooked the flood. That we was on my list of questions, which I lost on my desk. Been in water right now, I believe. Yes, I believe we would be. Uh, yes, we would be in water here at J the Java. Our 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 non-sponsor is Java Java on River Drive at the corner of Tremont and River Drive, next to where all the trucks are, folks. Do you uh, do you feel the need to read their tagline? Espresso Cafe. Oh, back that ass up, drive through is open. There you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> and they're right, if you, if you don't want coffee, you're right next to Riverside Groceries, Liquor and Cold Beer. 
and cigarettes are on sale for three fifty a pack. All and you can and and they have an air machine in case you want to fill up your tires. <laughs> We've covered it. That's right. We've covered it. Now, if you come to the Quad Cities, you know exactly where to get your liquor, your coffee, and your tires filled up. They have the two the two beers being advertised are Coors Light and Bud Light. And if you don't have enough money, there's an ATM inside. <laughs> every every shifty location of anything, g- gambling, everything has an ATM inside because for the week of mind and the week oh. of heart, here's here's your money. You're you out sh- of money. We'll take more. That's right. Here <laughs> here take more money, and there'll be a five dollar fee to get your money. Anyway, the flood. So uh, this is your. This was your. You weren't here, so you were only here three years. So you've covered floods in downtown Davenport, but this was the flood. Yeah, I've never covered floods that got onto River Drive or major roadways. It was, hey, the park's flooded, and I, you know, some guys knee deep in water fishing. Um, what should be the grass of the park? You know, it's that was kind of cutesy feature photo flood. Uh, this this was actual flood. <laughs> This was like uh, NBC Nash Nightly News. Yes, I'm in downtown Davenport, Bob, and it's flooded. Yeah, no, I'd uh, I'd start and started to get kind of burnt out of the it's flooding, but it's not really flooding, and then the levee breaks, and there we are, you know. Um, well, tell me about the day the levee broke. I was up at uh, what do you call it, Davenport City Works, where they were uh, one of those giant indoor facilities, the garages where they just had a ton of sand and they had multiple shifts working. Um, I mean, they had shifts working around the clock, filling sandbags to take down the businesses. And I was sitting there um, getting, I remember I just brought out my lights because, you know, those hoppers where they sit and they bag sand, you can never get good light because right. you're behind this giant hopper. So I put a strobe on a guy and I was shooting him getting sand and uh, trying to get a good shot there. And I get, I didn't actually hear from anyone in the newsroom because anyone that knew in the newsroom went straight there. And, you know, I think Kevin might have been first there. Um, or I don't know who was first, I guess. But everyone just went and didn't bother to call anyone because they were busy. <laughs> so I didn't actually hear from anyone in the newsroom at first. I got a call from my girlfriend. And, you know, when I'm shooting, I don't answer a call. I just looked down, saw it, ignored it. And then she called again. And, you know, she knows if I don't answer it's because I'm shooting or I'm working. Um so when I get a second call, I know something's up. And it's her saying, hey, yeah, apparently the levee broke. And um, I think I need to pack up and leave. I'm safe right now, but I just want you to know that's going on. And, and at first there was confusion over, like, what do you mean the levee broke? Are you sure? I, and, you know, then I, like, looked around and she looked on some other. And we're like, oh, yeah, you should probably go. She, her building ended up being fine. She's down a little ways. Uh but yeah, that was my first, and I was like, okay, well, I'm driving straight to you, because that's where I need to be to shoot and to help you. So I, I got there, she was already fine, taken care of, and, and so then I just started looking for photos at that point. So you're, you're, um, you had the, uh, the, the, the two front pages of the two newspapers were uh, Meg's photo of the, the woman and her cat being rescued, coming yeah. out of the boat. But then tell me about the aerial photo that you shot from the rooftop. Yes, I found my way onto a rooftop. Uh, people out in the parking lot going, "What the hell's happening?" You know, and they see me roll up with two cameras and obviously looking like a photographer. And they go, and I'm looking around, looking for like, okay, parking garage, anything I can get on top of. And some guy just goes, 
We can get you on the roof if you want. You never say no to that. No, no. You don't care where no. the roof is. You no. go to it. Right. Uh, so sure enough, yeah, someone runs up there with me because, uh, no, a guy first offered and then a woman ended up taking me up. But she took me up there because uh, she was curious what it looked like too. And, you know, sure as hell, that's my first view of it to go, oh, shit, it, you know, it's all the way down the street. Sure enough. And uh, right about then I saw the Davenport fireboat coming down River Drive heading my way. So, you know, I just stayed right there and waited for the photo to come to me, basically. <laughs> the, uh, the, to, for, to explain to people who don't know kind of what we're talking about, where he was was a good, uh, well, 100 yards maybe from the riverbank. Because oh, on the, yeah. uh, you're on the other side of, 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 the freight house. of the freight house. So you're about 100 yards from the river. And they were able to take a Davenport rescue boat down the middle of the down r- river drive which yeah is about right. 100 yards from yeah maybe over 100 yards yeah. from the actual bank of the river and at that point the river's i mean that bank of the river is still usually like a five foot drop to the river from right. the actual park right there uh, so it was a lot of water yes <laughs> and the uh the when that the uh the hesco barriers which is a brand name of barrier that davenport uses that was. Had you ever been in Rome before the the the, the, the restaurant bar oh, yeah. or whatever? I had been in there once, maybe twice, um, and yeah, yeah. They're not coming back. No, they they just announced earlier this week, right? That it's yeah. done. Yeah, they had or last uh, week maybe. The, the 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 definitive view of the break was their security camera on the front of the restaurant, and you see uh, it break. And then you see all the people that are in Rome running for their cars right. to get into their cars and get out of the parking lot. And that's, you know, there was no warning. I mean, they, you know, there was some inkling that something might happen. People say that, you know, who knows. Sure. But when that that sucker broke and the difference between this flood and the, and the, the, the record flood that this one broke was that Davenport didn't have Hesco Barrier. So it, the water just kept coming up and up and up and up. A slow rise. Right. It was a slow rise. A burst. Right. So it, it's, it, it, though the pictures, there are a lot of similar pictures, that kind of shock to everyone's system and why Andy's photo and why Meg's photos are so good for that big. I mean, they were six columns by a foot deep yeah. on the front page. I mean, it was... Uh, I can't wait till the remodel is open, done, and we get those blown up and hung in the newsroom because oh, I are think they going I don't up? know. I'm going to make them do it. Okay, there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, there, I mean, there or are, I'll just go get them printed and hand them to Matt and say we're we're putting these on the wall. Here are these. They're going on a wall. Yeah. Go for it. But I think that that I think those kinds of things are important in newsrooms because I think that they remind you a that you're in a newsroom and b it reminds you of your best work and gives you inspiration to to keep doing. That kind of work. It's, it's nice to have a reminder that your work is important or of value on the wall right now. And it, not from an ego standpoint. I don't care if it's if it's your photo, if it's Meg's photo. It's it's nice to have good work on the walls around you. Well, my only regret is that I only really got to work with you for two John Deere classics. Oh, yeah. Yep. I only. I mean, and by the by the time we did the switch and the combine. I was in another role and the photo department was combined, so I never got to work with Andy the way I would have liked to. But I will have to say that uh, the working with you at the John Deere Classic was a pleasure. Oh, and thank you. your work has been stellar, and we will miss you. And we will miss your hard work and your enthusiasm. I will 
circle back to the John Deere Classic for a second since you brought it up. Meg asked me, I think it was Thursday or something, day before my last day or a couple days before, are you going to miss the John Deere Classic? And among other things, and my instant was reaction was, oh, hell no. It's hot. It's miserable. It's, uh... And then... Truck. I'll let the truck go by. I paused for a second and went, shit, I'll really miss the John Deere Classic. <laughs> it's... It, you were talking about the camaraderie earlier, and it's kind of the ultimate camaraderie for... Our, even when we were competing, our separate staffs, and even more so now as one unified staff, it, it's the ultimate work together, fly by the seat of your pants kind of thing. So it's it'll be a tough one to miss, and I kind of I kind of hope Zach Johnson does really well next year, so the Gazette has a reason to send me out. That's right, or, or someone out, but I'll I'll be hoping it's me. That's right. Nudge, <laughs> nudge, wink, wink, Liz. Um, yeah, that was that was why I. Went out and 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 worked the, the the two days of the tournament just because I yeah. that I mean people are like why do you you like you don't have to go out anymore I'm like dude that was my favorite week of the year yeah you know I mean we don't we don't have big major college football to worry about I mean you can go to occasional game and the Quad City Times has been great about staffing Iowa games but the idea that that for me that was the big not only organizational challenge but that having four or five photographers around 18 for the shot yeah you know that one of us was going to get what i call the bobblehead shot yeah every year somebody comes back with the bobblehead shot you know and then you see next year claire takes out the bobblehead that they of the winner and you're like ah i got the bobblehead shot or (laughs) ah crap i missed the bobblehead shot that actually i think it was two years it might have been two or three years ago i think it was two years ago I was scheduled to work, I think it was like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or maybe it was Tuesday, Saturday. I was scheduled to be off on Sunday. Jerk. He saw us over here and accelerated. He drives a Mustang. He's got a lot to prove. That's right. Uh, (laughs) To himself. Oh, but I was scheduled to be off on Sunday, uh, the final day, the day of the shot on 18. And every I did the I did the thing. I came in on my day off. I came in and shot on my day off just for the chance to get the shot, even though I wasn't working for the paper. And even if I had the shot, we might not have used mine because I was off. But you can't stay away from it, even if someone else is definitely going to get it. You want your chance at it. I, it's weird. Yeah, and people always wonder. You know, we always take the it. We when we had interns, the intern was always placed, and it's the shot. Okay, if you see the show, you see the show, see the golf tournament. There's this gigantic pond, and we always had the the intern with a long lens across the pond, and the intern has come back with the shot right. because you never know where the winner is going to turn. I mean, if they turn that way too, they've got the giant crowd laying out on the grass behind them that's exactly. that's the perfect shot if they'll turn that way right right and and cbs doesn't have a camera or a tripod or something yep. <laughs> standing in your picture my shot of jordan spieth as great a shot as that is it still has the fucking cbs tripod <laughs> he couldn't lay the tripod down seriously yeah <sighs> anyway I, I, that's another thing that's changed in my career is i've gotten a lot more uh brazen about moving tripods <laughs> it's like <laughs> if there's no camera on it and it's standing i'm not too good to lay it down and get it out of my way <laughs> yes or asking someone from tv to get the hell out of your way yeah just please please stop standing there and being a jerk hey if you're shooting you're shooting if you're just standing there i'm 
I'm going to ask you to move, please. <laughs> well, you know, the, the cluster, which is the, the, the trophy, whenever Iowa went, gets their trophy and they, their linemen oh, carry yeah. it off. And I was watching uh, the footage of it and looking at the stills, and there's this one guy from TV. I don't know what station he's from, but he's walking in front of it, but he's not shooting the, tro- the, the trophy. <laughs> and all I could think of is I'm yelling at the TV. But I'm like, what are you yelling at? I'm like, he's not even shooting the trophy being carried. He's just in everybody's shot. Dude, get your ass out of the picture or take one. <laughs> yeah. Be- because the back of your head is better than your pasty white face looking confused. At least pretend you're shooting, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah. My God. That Especially the when the, they're carrying the pig off because that's even a bigger yeah. deal. Jesus Christ. But anyway, well, you got to pack. I got to go back to the office. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. We did it at the last possible second, (laughs) but I think it was worth it. We got to do the outdoor podcast across from the concrete block and barrier rail sale. Uh, There we go. Yeah. Well, if you need any concrete, call 888-4117. But anyway. All right, Andy. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Todd. I appreciate it, too. The Talking Pictures podcast is produced by Todd Meisner with help from Todd Welvert and a special thanks to Laura Anderson Shaw. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod. You can find Kevin's amazing music at incomputech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-U-T-E-C-H.com. To see some of the photos and videos discussed in our podcast, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Make sure you never miss a podcast by subscribing to the Talking Pictures podcast on iTunes, Podbean, or any place podcasts are distributed.